On behalf of the bereaved family, we would like to express thanks and appreciation for your presence here today. Your show of concern, love, and support during that time of sorrow and grief is so very much appreciated. Would you bow with me as we open in a word of prayer? Father, again, thank you for this another day. Your word tells us that this is the day that you have made. We need to rejoice and be glad in it. There's no mention of problems, difficulties, sorrows, or anything. You're the great creator. You made it. We pray especially for the bereaved family here today. We ask that you would comfort and encourage their hearts in the loss of this dear loved one, their father. It's never easy, but yet for those that die in you, that have known you as Lord and Savior, your word tells us for the believer to be absent from the body is to be present with you. And we know that Sister Janet placed faith and trust in Jesus Christ so many years ago. And when she left this world, she was at home with you. Encourage the family's hearts with this. And especially those that are assembled here today, if there's still some here that don't know you as Lord and Savior, as a result of this service and the message, we pray that God the Holy Spirit would continue to work in their hearts and lives. Bless this time today. Bless this fellowship time. For it's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Good afternoon. Condolences to the family of Sister Janet Parks. Um, my name is Anton Wallace, and I never got the privilege of working directly with uh, Sister Janet, although I've met her occasionally from time to time. And from my understanding, uh, she was one who exhibited the truth of 1 Corinthians 15, 58, one who was steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that her labor was not in vain in the Lord. And this first song speaks of that truth. If I can help somebody, then my living shall not be in vain. Surely she has helped many because of her faithful testimony as she served her Lord. And so we invite you now to stand, um, everybody beside the immediate family, but if any of you so wish to stand, you may do so as well. As we sing our first hymn together, If I Can Help Somebody.
you. You may be seated. Jessica Cook and Jamal McIntosh now come with scripture readings. Afternoon. Psalms 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Good afternoon. Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form, no comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces for him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath not borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. As we, like sheep, have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his sharers is dumb so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from, from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off of the land of the living for the transgression of my people he was stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his dead, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him with a portion, divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. This is the word of the Lord. Brother Tillman now comes with a special number. Growing up in Calvary Bible, we always knew that Sister Janet was a very faithful person and she honored the Lord with her work amongst us. And this song, just listen to the words. 
this song really depicted Sister Janet's life. I dreamed I went to heaven And you were there with me We walked upon the streets of gold Beside the crystal sea We heard the angels singing Then someone called your name You turned and saw this young man And he was smiling as he came and he said friend you may not know me now and then he said but wait you used to teach my sunday school when i was only eight and every week you would say a prayer before the class would start and one day when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Remember the time A missionary came to your church And his pictures made you cry You didn't have much money But you gave it anyway Jesus took the gifts you gave And that's why I'm here today One by one they came For as the eye could see Each life somehow touched By your generosity Little things that you had done Sacrifices made Unnoticed on the earth In heaven now proclaimed and I know up in heaven You're not supposed to cry But I am almost certain There were tears in your eyes As Jesus took your hand And you stood before the Lord He said, my child, look around you 
great is your reward. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you very much, Brother Tillman. When it comes to the Lowe family, I go way back, prior to the 60s. But I remember in 1960, I started Government High, and Michael was attending there. So every morning, I'd ride over there, and Michael and I would ride down to Government High, and then we'd ride back home in the afternoon, bicycles, of course. Um, and of course, generally speaking, every morning that I got over there, at some point, if Janet wasn't there, she showed up before she went to work. She stopped by to see if it was something mommy needed or whatever. She was always there. She was faithful. She, when it came to her service here at the church, she was willing. She was always ready to do what had to be done. And you could count on Janet. You could really count on her. I'm afraid today you can't say that for a lot of people, and it's unfortunate, but she was ever there. And I'm thankful for the opportunities I had. The obituary. Emily Janet Parks was the first-born child of Eric and Benice Lowe and was born in Nassau, Bahamas on December 6, 1938. She'd been predeceased by both of her parents. In Janet's early life, the family traveled back and forth between Nassau and the islands of Abaco and Rock Sound, Eleuthera. As far as her schooling, she attended the following schools in Abaco, Marsh Arbor All-Age School, Great Guanakee All-Age School, and in Nassau, Seven-Day Adventist School, Sacred Heart School, and Xavier's College. Due to the times when Janet lived, it was necessary for her at the young age of 12 to take a part-time job at Kelly's Bakery while att attending Xavier's College to assist with the needs of the family. She then took a full-time job at the Royal Bank of Canada, where she worked until she became employed at Calvary Bible Church as the church secretary. She worked at the church as if it was a ministry for the Lord until she retired. 
she met her husband, Rudolph Roy Parks, while employed at the Royal Bank of Canada, main branch, and fell in love with him and was married on October the 11th, 1956. This union produced two children, Richard, born in 1958, and Julie in 1960. They enjoyed a full life together until his death on July the 12th, 2015. Her son Richard got married to Mary Albury Parks in 1977, and they had two beautiful granddaughters, Gina, born in 1981, and Christina, born in 1985. Christina got married to Jamal McIntosh in 2008, and their marriage produced a great-grandson, Ethan. Gina got married to Todd Pinder in 2009, and their marriage produced two grandsons, Levi and Isaac. During her last days, she constantly expressed the joy that her granddaughters and great-grandsons brought to her life. Janet had given her life to the Lord at the tender age of 14. She loved and served her Lord and Savior in many ways and in many areas, including Sunday school teacher, Awana club, prison ministry, Gideon's, industrial school, schools, care kitchen, visiting the sick and shut-ins, and many other areas. She was always ready to serve wherever she felt led to. She had continually loved and served her Savior and was confident of where she would be spending her eternity. Rest in peace, Mommy and Grammy. And on behalf of Kathy and I and our family, we would like to extend our sincere Christian sympathies to the family here today. God can give you the peace and the comfort that you need during these times of sorrow and bereavement. Sister Janet has gone on to her eternal reward and she's experiencing the truth absent from the body, present with the Lord. And this song truly depicts that, that truth. Uh, my Savior, first of all. So let's stand together beside the immediate family again as we sing our second hymn together. Yeah. 
Are you looking forward to that day? Amen. You may be seated. We will now have a tribute by granddaughters Gina and Christina, followed by a tribute by Sister Murdy Lowe. Thank you. Good afternoon. Tribute to Emily Janet Parks, our granny. Last year, we gave a tribute to our grandfather, Pa Roy, which began by saying, when a child is born into a family where their parents show them love, they are lucky. But when a child is born into a family in which this care and attention extends yet further to the grandparents, the child is truly blessed. Little did we know that in just over a year's time, we would be saying farewell to the last of our then living grandparents, our granny. Once again, we are both filled with a mixture of emotions. The one that stands out the most is that of gratitude for a grandmother who loved us both dearly. Today, as we celebrate the life of granny, we want to share three things about granny that define the person that she was. Granny was a Bible-believing Christian. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This verse makes us think of Granny the most. A Bible-believing Christian is one who believes that all 66 books of the Bible are the word of God. For Granny, every word stated was true, without error and essential to daily life. As Christians, we are often guilty of interpreting the Bible for our own benefit, but not Granny. Granny studied the Bible from cover to cover. She had a wealth of knowledge on just about any biblical topic. In high school and in college, Granny could be called upon to answer questions about scripture. Google didn't have anything on her. More often than not, she could immediately quote a verse, word for word, which was relevant to just about any current issue. Granny applied the Bible to her own life. She never pierced her ears because she knew her body was the Lord's temple. She was a submissive wife because she loved her husband and knew that was required of her. She prayed and gave thanksgiving without ceasing because she knew that this was the will of God. These are just a few examples. Granny was a giver. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. There is no doubt that God loved Granny. Granny gave of her time to many church-related functions. She was part of the Gideons and the prison ministry. We remember her preparing care packages for the elderly. There were few Sundays that she didn't make it to church. Granny gave to many people. As a child, we saw her give food to the hungry people and money to those in need. She had a genuine concern for anyone who was struggling and felt that it was her responsibility to help them out in any way that she could. We are sure that she will be remembered by many for her generous spirit above all else. Granny was a mother. On the day of Granny's passing, a good friend of Christina's posted a quote on Facebook by Cheryl Donovan which stated, Mother is a verb. It's something you do, not just who you are. It was followed by a photo that said, 
The most precious jewels you'll ever have around your neck are the arms of your children. Although the date of her post and Granny's passing were purely coincidental, both sayings were very applicable to the Granny that we knew. Granny was a mother not only to her own two children, but to her grandchildren and their husbands, her siblings, her nieces and nephews, her grandnieces and nephews, her cousins and their children, her church family and close friends. If you are in this congregation today, Granny will likely have, at some point, worried when you worried, cried for your grief, rejoiced in your successes, or prayed for you by name. She cherished all of you as her jewels, just as a mother would, and it was very evident in her actions. I will close with a few of our fondest memories of Granny. Granny picking us up from school every day, often with a chocolate or some other treat. Her love of bread, butter, and sweet milk. Greeting cards for every occasion with handwritten notes. Her flannel board with Bible characters and the stories that came with it. Her knitting, crocheting, and quilting blankets for those she loved. Summers in Abaco with Pa Roy and Granny. Her famous stewed chicken. Crafts and cross-stitch projects. Her voice singing hymns in church how much she loved her great-grandsons. Granny, we know you are in heaven with your Lord and reunited with Pa Roy. The chorus of a song called Dancing in the Sky comes to mind, and it says, I hope you're dancing in the sky. I hope you're singing in the angels' choir. I hope the angels know what they have. I'll bet it's so nice up in heaven since you arrived. The song is a reminder that although we grieve here on earth, the loved ones we lose are in heaven, and their return to God is a blessing to him. So, Granny, we love you and we miss you. Enjoy the heaven that you have always longed to see, and continue to be a blessing in the presence of your Savior. Your granddaughters, Gina and Christina. Last week when I was here, Nassau, actually two folds, and so someone has made the comment, you took up where Janet left off with the walk-in stick. I pray not, because she used to suffer with a lot of pain. It is so hard to condense Janet's life story into so few words, and already it has been said by so many, and I can't compare to what Gina just said, and mine might sound a little bit familiar, but that is Janet. On December the 6th, 1938, Mom and Dad were blessed with a beautiful baby girl with eyes of blue. She would be given the name Emily Janet, the names of both of her grandmothers. She was called Janet, which means God's gracious gift. Janet has certainly been a gracious gift to all her siblings. Eleanor, Jerry, Michael, Kathy, Retta, Cheryl, and myself, and neither one of us can ever recall asking her to do anything that was not done above and beyond our expect expectations. 
Janet was born with a certain kind of fortitude, one that not many possess. Being the eldest of eight children came, the, came with a certain responsibility that instills so much for her future. With a passion for God and a heart to serve, she was relentless and never rested from either. She lived for others because she loved them before herself. She lived joyously because the hope of tomorrow was always greater than the sorrow of today. She lived well. Janet was an industrious woman who excelled in whatever endeavor she set her mind to. Janet's hands were never idle. She could sew, crochet, knit, embroider, quilt, and made many crafts. She was an excellent cook and homemaker. Janet and Mom made quilts for each of us, and after Mom passed, Janet continued the tradition of quilts for her nieces and nephew. Janet had a wealth of knowledge in the affairs of life, which led her into the banking world at Royal Bank of Canada. She began her career at the age of 17 and retired as the branch manager's secretary, the top position for a woman at that time. She was employed with RBC for 17 years. Upon retirement from Royal Bank of Canada, she joined the staff of Calvary Bible Church as the pastor's secretary. The staff at that time consisted of the pastor, secretary, and custodian. During that time, the church was without a pastor. Janet, along with the elders, maintained and kept the church flowing and services going, which earned her the nickname Pastor Parks. Janet humbly served with no fanfare. If the person responsible for the nursery laundry forgot to take it home to be clean, she did it, washed, ironed, and put on the cribs for Sunday. If some of the young people did not pay their monthly missions commitment, she paid it so the missionary's quota would be met. At the tender age of 14, Janet committed her heart and life to the Lord. She has never looked back but grew daily in reading his word and praying. Janet had a wealth of knowledge in spiritual truths and doctrine. She used this knowledge to honor the Lord by imparting it to others. She, she taught Sunday school, was an Awana leader, led children's church, ladies' Bible studies, attended prayer meetings, and was a member of the Gideons International. For over 45 years, she went to Her Majesty's Prison in Fox Hill in the prison ministry of the Gideons. This along with countless encounters with others she came in contact with. If you knew Janet, you knew her Lord. Janet attended a ladies' craft group who met on Tuesday nights to make woolen caps, slippers, scarves, and afghans for the elderly and shut-ins, and were given out at Christmas time along with care packages. One day, they got a request from a young lady for a baby blanket, but she wanted it done in Rasta colors. Some of the ladies were reluctant, but she said she would make it. On completion, she attached this note along with the Bible verses. Black, heart of sin, Romans 3.23. Red, his blood, Romans 5.8. White, washed clean, Psalms 51.7. 
yellow, faithful unto death, Revelations 2.10, green, growing grace, 2 Peter 3.15. She was always looking for a way to share the gospel. On Wednesday, August the 24th, 2016, at 11.15, Janet left because she knew there was something so much better waiting for her. I know there was a lot of rejoicing on that day by the angels, by those gone on before her, and by her Savior. But I am sure she quieted everyone so she could do the rejoicing at the feet of Jesus. She left to go home, the home she longed for. As I stood by her bed in the ICU, with a broken heart and sobbing, I looked at her face that was at rest, at peace, and a glow of light. I knew she was home. In closing, as I, my eyes scan the audience, I see Janet's friend and childhood classmate, Yana Edison Key. Mr. Key, we are grateful that you made a point to come in to honor your friend. Thank you. Wendy Sims comes with a tribute from niece Donna Patterson, and she'll be followed by Matthew Cole with a tribute from Pastor David Cole. Good afternoon. Tribute for Emily Janet, written by Donna Patterson. Emily Janet, who might she be? An aunt full of love, authentic as can be. A woman so genuine that her love shines on to those who loved her even since she has gone. She endured plenty pain here on earth we will never know. Amazing she was, independent indeed, understanding and loving was her speed. Her struggles she kept mostly to herself. She just prayed and Jesus, her God, took care of her needs and ensured her that all will be well. Emily Janet, there will be no other. She ensured to keep the nest full as can be. You see, she loved her family. Her son and daughter, they were first. Then her family grew. Her two granddaughters were her delight. Then she had three great-grandboys. She loved those three boys. They made her laugh with the stories they told her. Oh, what joy blessed her heart to talk about them. Each little story meant so much to her. My auntie, my treasure, other than my mother, I guess those two ladies I will always treasure. But auntie, oh, the fun she and I had, the laughs, the talks made us both glad. I have been blessed to have such a true friend. I will always cherish her until my end. Janet, Janet, you will find no other. An angel here on earth, an aunt so amazing, gentle, magnificent, caring, enthusiastic, loyal, giving, and true. I cherish you always and forever. Love, Donna.
Good afternoon. I'd like to extend my condolences to the family of Aunt Janet on behalf of myself, my wife, and uh, the rest of my family, my parents, uh, David and Catherine Cole, who treasured their friendship with Aunt Janet enormously. Dad wrote a short tribute that he sent and uh, has asked me to read for him. He writes, I counted a great privilege to be giving a tribute for the life of Janet, whom I've known since August 1972. I have known Janet as a dear sister in Christ. She was a deeply committed Christian who loved and served her Lord wholeheartedly. I've also known Janet as my great friend, not only to me, but our family. In the early days of our return visits to Nassau, we experienced the generous hospitality of her home. When ministering at New Vision in Marsh Harbor, she and Roy gave us the privilege of staying in their lovely home in Eastern Shores. When we were ministering at Cherokee Sound, Janet and Roy took Matthew and Rachel to Disney World, an experience they, I, will never forget. It was always a joy to welcome them into our home in the UK. The last time they were able to visit was on the occasion of Rachel and Tristan's wedding. It was wonderful having them present for that special occasion. When we lived here in Nassau, we were always included in their family celebrations, and we certainly got to know the family and Janet's mum and dad and her siblings very well indeed. So I have known Janet as a dear sister in Christ. I've known Janet as a true friend, but I have known Janet especially as a terrific colleague. I cannot speak highly enough of Janet's contribution to my ministry and that of Calvary Bible Church. Not long before she was taken home, I expressed to her over the phone just how much I appreciated all that she had done for me personally as the church secretary. Our morning prayers were always very special, and although her workload was very demanding, she always maintained a cheerful spirit. She was always willing to go the second mile, and she worked until the job was done. Of course, we didn't have the use of a computer, email, or the internet. She knew how to type, and she used the Gestetner machine, whatever that is, <laughs> in producing the weekly bulletin. With the introduction of the Faith Promise Offering, Janet's workload increased considerably, but from her days at the bank, she knew how to handle money with integrity and confidentiality. We had plenty of laughter. Who wouldn't with our janitor, Francis, around? I'm sure people remember him. Yes, those days were very happy ones. Of course, we had our ups and downs too, especially when we had break-ins and damage. And I'll never forget the day when Janet's purse was stolen. We chased the thief, but he sprayed liquid hand wash along the corridor, so we were slipping and sliding in all directions. The purse was later found in the bushes, minus its contents. Much more could be said about Janet. As has already been said, her work in the Sunday school, junior church, ladies' meetings, missionary prayer meetings, Awana, prison ministry, and so I could go on. But she is home now absent from the body and present with the Lord. And I sense her Savior saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Indeed, may we all seek to emulate Janet Parks and become more like Jesus.
Rudy Roberts comes with special music. Oh, there it is. Rudy. Uh, just before the Reverend Dr. Franklin Knowles comes with the message, Retta comes with a scripture reading. Good afternoon. Pastor scripture is taken from Romans 8 verses 1 through 12. Get rid of these. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not the subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Even when we come together to experience events like this, believers can truly say, God is good. We live in a death-denying age. But the Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die, but after death, the judgment. No matter how many times you exercise, you're going to die. No matter how many vitamins and health foods, sorry Paul, you take or consume, you're going to die. Someday, somewhere, you are going to die. Now let me ask you some questions, because we do this where we worship. Why did Jesus come to this earth? Why did he leave heaven and take on human form and walk those dusty streets? Why did he go to the cross? Why did Jesus come to this earth? Now some will say <clears throat> he came to forgive us of our sins, and that's partly true. Some will say, he came to show us how to live. That's partly true. Some will say, he came to show us how to die. <clears throat> That's partly true. But I believe, based on my understanding of Scripture, that Jesus Christ came in this world to give his life for us 
so that he could give his life to us, so that he could live his life through us. You see, being a Christian isn't struggling each day to be the best little person you can be. It is not even acceding to certain propositional truths about God, the Bible, life, and living. It is having a personal relationship with Jesus, one that transfigures your life. The problem that I have with modern-day Christianity is very flaky. You join the institutional church, and then you sit back and enjoy the benefits. You do a few good deeds now and then, and you hope that at the end, your good deeds will outweigh your bad deeds. That's the way modern Christians tend to think. But that's not scriptural Christianity. That's not classical Christianity. Classical Christianity is letting Jesus Christ enter your life, become a part of your life, and allowing him with the help of the Holy Spirit to live his life through you. You see, if you go to the cemetery and you look at those tombstones, they will say certain things to you. They will give you the name of the person, they will tell you when the person was born, and they will tell you when the person died, and maybe some other good things. But that's basically what it's all about. Now you have no control, or you had no control over your birth. You had no control over the family in which you were born to. You had no control whatsoever over that. You have very little or no control over how you're gonna die. But from birth to death, you make decisions that, in, that can impact your future for eternity. That is why it's important for us to understand that we live on this earth for just a very short period of time. But during that time, the Holy Spirit comes to us and he prompts us to open our hearts to him. I believe that the great unpardonable sin is when the Holy Spirit comes to an individual and that individual says, not now, I'm not ready. Because the Bible says, my spirit will not always strive with man. And you see, even if you want to on your own, you can't make yourself into a Christian. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, you can't even respond to the call. It's amazing how we ignore the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he is the one who prompts us to call God Father. He is the one that gets our attention. He is the one who regenerates us. He is the one who transforms or transfigures us. Jesus said it this way to a religious man, except you be born of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Born of the Spirit, what does that mean? So he is the instrument of regeneration. Not only that, he, and this is a problem I have with some Presbyterians, because they believe in what we call the perseverance of the saints. And that sounds good. 
Some people said, that's good reform theology. The perseverance of the saints. I believe in the perseverance of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that keeps us. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to stay on track. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to persevere. We can't persevere on our own. That's why Jesus said before he left, I'm going away, but I'm going to leave with you the parakletos. I'm going to leave with you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be with you. He is going to do certain things for you. I thank God today that we have the Holy Spirit with us. And even now he's speaking to somebody, let me into your heart. Let me into your life. One of the great tragedies is that when people come to the part of scriptures that deal with the message of the seven churches, when you have that great passage where the messenger says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. A lot of evangelicals have taken that to mean exclusively that that means that he's standing at your heart's door and he's knocking and he wants to come in. It is true that he wants to come into your life. But if you look at the context of that passage, Jesus is saying to the church, because it's the message to the churches, he's saying to the church, you have a lot of activities going on. You're doing a lot of stuff. You get goose pimples when you sing and you have good sermonettes and you're happy with yourselves, but I'm on the outside and I want to come in. The same is true with your life. He wants you to have a rich, full life. He wants you to have victory, but you can't have it unless you listen to the word of God. Now the Bible says all of us are sinners. And it's amazing, as a pastor, I see people who feel that they are so spiritual. You know, but no matter how spiritual you may think you are, you have to be born again. And the minute you start thinking that you are more spiritual than somebody else, you're in deep trouble because pride is a terrible sin. See, it's amazing. What about forgiveness? It's one of the marks of a Christian, and yet we find it in our hearts tough sometimes to forgive. We hold grudges. We hold things against people. And yet the Bible says we ought to forgive because we have been forgiven. And as Christians, we have been forgiven so much. We find it difficult to forgive those that hurt us, that vilify us, that do things that we don't like. And yet Jesus says, this is the way that you show, demonstrate, disclose, unveil, reveal that you are my disciples if you love. And if you don't forgive, where's the love? So Jesus says we have to recognize that we're all sinners. And then that's not enough because I go to Her Majesty's prison or Her Majesty's hotel sometimes. Those people up there, they know that they've done wrong stuff. They'll tell you that. It's not enough to acknowledge that you have sinned against God. But the Bible talks about confession. We must confess. But you really cannot genuinely confess until your heart is broken, crushed, bruised, ground to powder as a result of the knowledge of sin, the fact that you fail to conform to the moral laws of God. 
And so we must confess, but then we must receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And the Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons and daughters of God. Janet became a daughter of God when she opened her heart to Jesus and allowed him through the Holy Spirit to take up residence in her life. And that's what's important today. Do not leave this place without settling your commitment with God. You're going to die. I'm going to die. That's a reality. That's a fact. But we can make that choice to open our hearts to Jesus, to allow him to take up residence in our lives, and it can make all the difference in the world. It has in my life. At the age of 13, I opened my heart to the Lord, and I was as ignorant as they come. I'm from North Palmetto Point, Eleuthera, and you couldn't be dumber than me. But one day, I heard the good news of the gospel, and I responded, and Jesus transformed my life. A boy that didn't know anything about the church. I used to make fun of Christians. I used to make fun of people going to church, but he changed me, and he called me to be an ambassador for him, and I thank God for that. I thank God for the privilege of meeting persons like Janet and encountering them in beautiful ways, magnificent ways, that enrich my life. I thank God for the opportunity of being with you today, and I challenge you. If you let Jesus Christ into your life, it's amazing what he will do for you. You can have victory simply by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. You can leave this place knowing that when you die, as many have said already, you will go immediately into the presence of God. Death is not annihilation. Death is not going to some secondary place, some intermediary place. When a believer dies, that person goes immediately into the presence of God and will live with him forever. My hope and my prayer is that you will experience this age-long life that comes through Jesus Christ. He says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. It's not just the abundant life. It's the more abundant life. And you can have it simply by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. May God bless you as you continue to meditate on these words. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Knowles, for those words of truth shared with us. Now we invite you to stand as we sing about the victory in Jesus that Reverend Knowles just spoke to us about. Victory in Jesus, shall we all stand?
know he were dead, yet shall he live? Or we know that if this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Thanks be to God who giveth us the victory. And to the mercy of Almighty God, we commend the soul of our sister departed. We commit a body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Henceforth, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. The peace of God with passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. The service has now concluded, and may the grace of our Lord continue to rest and abide with each of you. God bless you.